show them you never know. Hey, what's up, Steve? If you love the YNK Podcast, then you're going to love YNK Podcast Plus on OnlySteves.com. There's currently nine bonus episodes on there, so go check it out. You never know. I got to start this off with a with a serious intro because this is uh, we're making history today in the YNK podcast hmm. um, for the first time ever as a guest on his <laughs> own podcast. Just so modest to have himself as a guest on his own podcast <laughs> for the first time ever. Just Mike. Uh, we haven't had a setup like this since uh, the great Larry King was on the show. Yeah, this is serious. If you were in this seat. Mm-hmm. Larry, well, Larry, you know, wearing a lot of different hats. <laughs> yeah, Larry, that was the last time. Uh, I want to say it was the last public appearance he made. It's pretty, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll never forget that day. That was a special one. Uh, so I'm gonna try to pretend like I don't live 20 feet away from you. Mm-hmm. Your bedroom's there. Mine's right down there. I mean, the bedrooms have been changing. The dynamics have been slightly shifting, but yeah, we've been we've been roomies for a long time at this point. Generally, uh, our rooms are pretty close. This is, I think this is the furthest star. Yeah, we're in opposite wings. Yeah. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have to go into this, like, I don't see you every day. Actually, I don't. I don't I, the, the house is big enough where I don't really, mm. where none of us really see each other that often. Yeah. And uh, It's kind of nice. I was, on, um, I was on a fan's podcast the other day, and they asked me, what's it like, all of us living under the same roof for all these years? It's been like six years, I think. Yeah. That's what it's like. Do we ever fight? Do we ever argue? What's the chemistry? How would uh, how would you explain it? Yeah, I mean it's uh, definitely like a second family, um, especially with a guy like Versace in the picture who can take the overall parenting vibe. Mm-hmm. And we got Mr. Steve, the CEO. Um, but you know, I say that in regards to just taking the the general tasks of keeping a house together and making sure, you know, the, the mundane things get done, which are super important when you talk about everyday life. And uh, he's a big part of that. Um, Steve. Steve, no. are you fucking kidding me? Sit he down. He does it every time. No toys. <laughs> no toys today. No Steve, toys today. Sit down. He, Steve knows we're podcasting every time. No, he no toys. Uh-uh. Toy. No. Stop it. No. Sit down. Get him out of here. Get out of there, Mr. Steve. Fucking squirrel. Um... Yeah, but as far as us living under the same roof, I mean, it's uh, it's something I feel like we've cultivated and matured into, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, as we've gotten older, it's probably gotten easier because we all just kind of like our alone time and, I've, you know, we've gotten more successful and the houses get bigger, so it's easier to kind of have your own. Because you think about it, we're, you know, grown men at this point, like really adult age. We don't really act it in a lot of ways, but... Well, let's touch on that because I, I always have fun... I mean, you know me, like I do a bunch of normal shit all the time. I'm always like, you know, <laughs> going out, talking to people that know nothing about us. Yeah. And when I have those conversations. They're hard to have. I got to have that conversation. It's like, well, yeah, I do live in this nice house, but it's with three other grown men. Yeah. You know, as a guy in my 30s. I don't mm-hmm. know. How do you feel about that? I'm sure you don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> no, it's for the most part. Uh most people I'm engaging with outside of our group have an idea of what we do, you mm-hmm. know, and if they're ever even, if it comes up to like, what's your living situation, they definitely know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know? So um, from my perspective, no, I mean, this, this is, 
it's interesting. We're we've done it so different than most people, but if you think about it, most artists have entourages that live with them. This is just different because it's like it's life, you know, long-term, lifelong friends, um, all working, all employees in their own right, you know, for under the same company, working for the same goal. So to answer your question, it has that team, you know, it's like when you live in a baseball house and you got three roommates and then like a bunch of the other team teammates have our roommates together and it's kind of that vibe, mm -hmm. kind of have that one common goal vibe. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what it, man, I, I feel, I think the lifestyle definitely attributes to this feeling um, 100%, but I kind of feel like I'm just like an extended college in some ways. You oh, big I mean? time. It really does feel that way. Like as far as the dynamic of the house, I mean, we do a lot of work. We have a lot going on, you know, that we have to be present for and that doesn't entail partying or you know being in a studio creating there's a lot that you know that goes into running the whole business so a lot of times it's like hey we're doing homework in the weekdays kind of has that feeling doesn't it you know like you mm -hmm. can't turn up all week like there's practice in the mornings you know we're taking care of our body taking care of work it feels like we have that kind of work week feeling in a lot of ways um but that goes in waves think about the last six months you know we were finishing the album, traveling Nashville, all over the place, and definitely were more on a run and gun vibe where we were raging. We're, you know, I'm, if I'm making music and I'm like really in that music vibe, the day of the week and the time of the day does not matter, you know? Mm -hmm. So it goes in waves. Right now, I feel like we're more on a little bit of a grounded schedule. You know, we have our weekends and we get after it, but it's, it's not as crazy as most people probably envision us yeah, under the let's, same roof. Let's, uh, let's talk about your allocation of time throughout the week and the flow of your week. Um, another question that I was asked on uh, this last podcast was um, that they were like, why don't you vlog? And I'm like, well, first of all, we're not YouTubers. Yeah. It's always been kind of like a neg negative stigma with us, just for us, not for anyone, but for us, because uh, it's not really what we want to do. Yeah. But if you're going to give a little taste of what your day-to-day -day is like, let's start with like Monday through Thursday. Man, I just, fuck, right now I'm working, I've been pretty vocal about it on this podcast, but I'm working on my body a lot. Yeah. Um, Let's just run through the stuff you're doing because you were just in your bedroom. I never know what's going on in there when you have that girl <laughs> do, putting suction cups on your butt. <laughs> you have suction cup marks on your butt I right do. Now. It's called cupping. Yeah. So a girl is in there cupping your butt for <laughs> for over an hour. Yeah. No, I mean, I hear you guys giggling through the door. Yeah, we got a good little chemistry, you know. Um, you, the Some of the positions she's got me in, in there, and I'm ass naked, and like she'll like wrap me up with the blankets. Are you on a table? But she's stretching me and doing shit, and like half the time, like there's no way you're my on hammer's a table. She not. brings the table, and you're on the table? Yeah, she brings the table. Is it resemble like the milking table? A little bit. Like there's the hole for your dick, and there isn't a hole. The hole is for your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there isn't a hole for the, uh, for the midsection region. Uh, okay. Per se, but you could, you could probably make that happen if you if push came to shove, you know. But <laughs> um, nah, it's a completely platonic relationship we got. Technically, you could sixty nine the table and your dick would go through the face hole. <laughs> yeah, but your lower half would just be like a no man's land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I don't know if the labs will pick that up. Probably will. Yeah, I hope so. Can I tell you something that I did recently? You probably didn't notice because uh, it was subtle, but the other day, 
This was a big move for me, by the way. <sighs> I don't want to make this interview about myself, but this was a big <laughs> move for me. Um, I was in the gym and I'm like scrolling through my old Instagram posts, <laughs> like the old ones, like from the last like two years, three years ago, four years ago. Yeah. And like I just started going on an archiving spree. Where I'm like, oh God, I can't have this on here. And the first one that set me off was when we started doing this podcast. And like, I love that one. I know. And I just put about. my leg up like this and I just rip a fart in the microphone. <laughs> and I put it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I just this is just a giant cock block. My entire Instagram is just a cock block. I would argue against it. <laughs> I mean, I talked about this with Blue recently, but I, I feel like uh I don't know if this is the right terminology. We're getting off track, but well, who gives a fuck? We are always off track. Um, there's this terminology like the men and the women, the male gaze and the female gaze. And it's like, we think about, you know, from a male gaze, we're thinking, hey, what's attractive to a woman? I'm trying to attract a woman. You know? Right. And so like, let me get my muscles and, you know, like you have these ideologies, but they're coming from a male gaze. We're men. So we're like, what does a woman think's hot? You know, like I want to be that. You know, and I've seen it here and there, and I might be butchering the name of the terminologies, but, you know, really what I feel like in the past three, four years, I've learned with myself and just how I carry myself, even around other people, around women especially, is just like, I think women just want to feel comfortable. I think everyone just wants to feel comfortable. And if you think about what sex is, or, you know, being sexually attracted to someone where you want to hook up with them and get naked and roll around in bed with them, you know, and do, do all this personal, intimate stuff. It's a comfortability level, you know? And that, like, you know, just being so comfortable with yourself where you, like, you really, you know, obviously you, probably, <laughs> you don't probably want to you you lift your somewhere. leg up at a date and, <laughs> and fucking fart on the table. You shart in your pants on camera and then put it on the internet. I mean, you yeah, got to yeah, draw yeah, no, line somewhere. No, there's definitely a blurred line that you've probably stepped over many times. And, and, well, and I'm getting older and, like, you see the older stuff. I mean, us fucking six, seven years ago. You know, like, yeah. even longer than that, like eight years ago, like oh yeah, like 2013. We're just we just fucking kids. I'm looking at stuff and like, dude, like I, it's cringeworthy. I mean, four weeks ago or less, within the last month, you just talked about your hemorrhoids for 30 minutes in a podcast. Yeah, so. that's de- but see, that's the thing, like that. Or I think it's when uh when there's like ego driven stuff where like I'm trying to look like the man. Yeah. You know, like when we first fell into fame and like you know I'm in a picture with like two girls like this and I I captioned blowy sandwich or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know like i yeah. see that i'm like a yeah. girl's oh gonna, yeah a girl's gonna see this and think i'm the biggest fucking asshole trust me I've, I've archived i've been there <laughs> but and, I'm, dude, and there's I've, nothing wrong with it i've never archived in my life yeah see in that's where life. we're different in my life and i went through i archived about 70 posts yeah 70 yeah i mean we're we were in a we we're in a different <laughs> headspace when we started man you know think yeah. about it we're just so different we didn't really know shit and it yeah. was so crazy to us that girls wanted to you know, just the way how crazy, you know, how crazy that it's scaled up so fast where you have normalcy, even as a baseball player, you know, you still have your normalcy where you just like, yeah, you go out, you might meet a girl, hook up, whatever. But like having women throw themselves at you is tough for any guy, I think. Yeah. I'd say tough in a way where it's hard to like not be absorbed by it and be a little dumbass about it, you know, Mm -hmm. which I think we definitely were. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I definitely think nowadays I'm way more being comfortable, you know, to your point. It's definitely not coming from an ego place, but just being comfortable in your own skin is like, Mm -hmm. I think it's super attractive to men and women. And when I say that, I mean 
when I'm attracted to a guy in the sense of I like this guy, like I'll hang out with this dude, like not in that way, but you know what I mean? Like the type of friends, guys I keep company with, guys I want to come around, you know, catch a vibe with, mm -hmm. whether they're, you know, in the group going out with us or whatever it may be. Those guys, like the people that are comfortable and I can sense that, that those are the guys that are like, oh man, cool dudes. Yeah. You get a relaxed vibe from them, you know? Mm -hmm. And then in, in a girl, you know? And you, a girl who feels comfortable in her own skin is super attractive to me. I agree. Which I didn't really have a gauge on that for a lot of the time. Yeah. It's a I new thing. I want to back up. Uh, you were talking about us doing this for so long. I mean, uh, speaking from uh, someone who's been in the spotlight for over a decade, What's oh, that? Has it been over? Oh, it's yeah. we're approaching a decade. It was I mean, 2012. I, st I started working with you in 2011. Was it? Yeah, 2011. So yeah, it's a decade. Like May or June, like that summer of 2011. Crazy. I yeah. know. So what's what's that been like for you? Um, man, obviously a long span of time and a long span of you know evolutions, but um. I've focused. Uh, I've focused mainly on trying to trying to remain myself. Mm -hmm. I really have. I definitely. That's definitely been. And I wouldn't even say it's been like a huge effort, but that was the basis of the whole thing. Just navigating it, you know. Mm -hmm. Like even when we were kids and we were might have been absorbed by the girls' attention or the fame a little bit and think it was important to post this and look cool or that, you know. I I think people still rocked with us because they could tell we were kind of just being ourselves. And at that point we were just fresh out of college, you know, in college, fresh out of college, dumbasses, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but from now to then, I just feel like I'm, I'm a totally different person. I look back at those older videos or just even the touring's boring or any of that stuff from that era, even anytime, after, anytime before 2015, I, I look at that guy and I'm like, I'm confused. I'm confused how I'm the same as it because it really does feel like a different person, you know? And yeah. I mean that in a positive way. You know, I do. I really do. I, I think we've kind of grown up in front of people. Mm -hmm. We talk about, and like, think about my level of fame. You know, it's, it's been very manageable. Yeah. You know, like, this has been such a brick by brick thing. And I wonder what I would be like if it went fucking, you know, say I was at the level I'm at now and that happened in a two year span versus fucking nine. Like, yeah. or, you know, it would just, I don't know how I would have been or how I would have navigated it. I would hope, I would hope I was able to stay grounded, but I, I am very proud of, of uh, how we have a group. And I think that's why we coexist so well. I think all of us combined just kind of keep it together and keep it homegrown and keep it grassroots. And I, I just never let my feet get off the ground too far. You know, I do, I do, I am very um, proud of that. In regards to what fame's been like, I mean, it's uh, it's an interesting thing. Well, ten years is interesting because you get new fans along the way, but then you have the ones that have been around for ten years. Yeah. So we're at the point now where we have fans that are now getting families. Oh yeah. Have kids. Yeah. And then we have some new fans that are like. Oh yeah. Eighteen, totally. nineteen years old. It's a broad spectrum for who, sure. Who really like don't even know what the fuck happened ten years ago. Yeah, they just like know of Mike too. Yeah, it's interesting. So a lot of people that come up to me, you see it, they're like, mm -hmm. oh, Mike or the podcast. Like, they're, mm -hmm. they don't know any of the times before. But man, I really am a huge proponent and I speak on it a lot. 
just like needing every step to get to where I am now. I do like, I really do like who who we've kind of the space we've stepped into. I think it's a good balance mm-hmm. of of you know growing up, but also keeping keeping your energy young and fresh and you know invigorated. Like I feel like when you're young and you're twenty, early twenties, like you're kind of invigorated. And then sometimes life can beat you down by the time, you know, 10 years later. And I, I do feel like we still have a great balance of that invigorated, fresh feeling and also feeling like we've grown up and matured, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, fame, I will say, is just like I do. Another thing I'm super proud about is just the decisions we've made along the way to not exchange the commodity exchange of fame for, you know, giving up control. And the way we've done things, it really has, like, I can't envision how this would look if I had done a record deal for five years ago. Mm-hmm. What the hell would be going on? Yeah. You know, um, it really feels like it came to fruition with this last album release. And, like, even the old fans, the new fans, everyone sees it, sees where we kind of brought it full circle. It's like an evolved version of the first Mike Stud music. So, I don't know, man. The fame, the fame has been an awesome it really has, this has been an amazing decade. Like if I can't even, there's no way to explain it. It's been an amazing fucking time. You know? mm-hmm. And I'm not sitting here like, fuck fame, you know, like I, or because again, I think the way we did it, it made it easier to navigate, you know? I agree. And it's been an amazing and really fruitful experience. You know, like if I die tomorrow, man, like knock on wood, but like, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like we've had a fucking amazing go at it, you know, and I think there's many, many lives to live and that I hope to live and have a family and do all those amazing things and continue to grow and do what I want. But all I'm saying is like, we went after it. I don't really have any regrets or feel like, I wish I did this or I wish I did that, you know? Um, On the other side of that coin, the fame, the fame is, is tricky to navigate. And I think before I had it, I really wanted it, you know, and then as it's been a slow achievement, but as I've kind of felt like, oh man, I get noticed kind of wherever I go, which is kind of, I'd say in this last year, it's taken a big step forward. It's just, yeah. and not to say I dislike that in any way, I'm just saying like, you know, I got to the threshold where you're just like, that's not what it's about. I, I'm not, I'm almost, I don't, I don't give a fuck. I almost try to avoid the fame aspects of this and look to grow successful businesses so we can take care of ourselves and our families, you know? There's gotta be a couple perks to the fame though, right? Oh, there's a ton. That you've enjoyed? There's a ton, man. I mean, my relationship with, with women is, I've had a really rare experience, you know? Just, like, as I said, especially as I've gotten older and gotten more comfortable with this position that I'm in, um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed all the fruits of the labor for sure. and. and I feel like it's it's kind of like right where I'm supposed to be on it. I can't imagine myself in a real relationship. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It all feels kind of like I've fallen into the right place with it. But yeah, you know, going places and getting treated nicely, yeah. men, women, by anyone, just like cool people. And there, someone said something to me recently that was really eye-opening to me. It was just like, like no one's upset to see you, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. That's a, that's a cool thing. It's a cool thing. Like you think about the doctors or the dentists or anyone. In, there's so many roles in society where are just kind of like, ah, and you got to deal with that. Like people not wanting to hear from you or see you, you know, whether your job is or whatever, whatever your role in society is. It is a really nice place to be, feel like 
if I meet somebody, they're, they want to be the best version of themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. They want to engage in a positive way. That, that's, that's dope. Yeah, that's great. I, um, my favorite is on tour for me. For you, it's very unmanageable because it's like, you know, a thousand people at a show. They're all going to want to fucking talk to you. Right. A thousand person at a show, maybe like a quarter of them would want to talk to me. If I go out to a bar, there's going to be like seven or eight guys that are just going to want to buy me drinks all night. Mm -hmm. Maybe sp sprinkle a couple girls in there that might want to hang out with me. A few nose beers. That, nose. That's, that's like right in my sweet spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know that. I know that. Seven to ten people that are just like psyched to be around you. Yeah. And just take care of you all night. Like it's a night. It's it's thinking about energy and shit, and like think about just like we're all vibration, and we talk about the law of attraction. Just being surrounded by a bunch of people that are excited to be with you. Yeah. That's like an uplifting feeling that you take for granted. I didn't really understand what that was, you know. And I, mm -hmm. I, I look forward to touring because we haven't toured with me with us in this mental headspace, you know. Mm -hmm. Like I used to kind of dread certain aspects because just it is draining you know yeah. i want to be at my best so i want to <clears throat> i i engage with everyone like you know it's an important moment like whether it's a meet and greet or somebody i run into you know mm -hmm. sometimes you might, might not exactly be in the right vibe for that so you know but yeah i remember vividly i was around 2015 where it went over that threshold maybe 2014 mm -hmm. where i got you know substantially a bit a bit more famous and it started to get hard to kind of do the completely normal thing where you're like, oh, let's go to the bar, mm -hmm. you know, or like, let's go here and do that and go to this house party or do this and that, you know, it's those things got a little more hard for me to, I was too draining. And then I remember feeling a little butthurt about that because you guys would go do it. And I'd be like, fuck you guys, you know, because like when I would go just, it, I'd end up kind of taking more pictures and having less drinks. That's what I'm saying. I'm right in the sweet spot. You are yeah. right in the sweet spot. Nice. Yeah. And that's kind of like, dude, that's kind of how I feel about the fame level I'm at now. Like, yeah. I could still walk down the middle of the fucking main street and like, you know, a few people might say, what's, you know, say what's up. Mm -hmm. Depends on the crowd. Maybe it, certain places it might get a little crazier than others. But I have that nice middle ground, generally speaking. When I'm on tour, it's another story, you know, because mm -hmm. there's so many Steves in one, one area. It's tough to, <laughs> tough to pop Steves and bop around and not get, not get caught <laughs> everywhere. But... Yeah. In the regular life, that's kind of how I feel. And that's kind of why I try to keep it that way. It doesn't make a lot of sense because we are trying to get more successful. I'm putting out music and wanting people to love it, you know? But it, it, it's a double-edged sword, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I definitely like where we're at, where I'm at, where I can, like, live a normal life. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be defined by this chapter, you know? As much as you'd be like, oh, man, you've been doing it for a decade, like, Dude, you realize the first two decades of my life, I didn't, none of this was even in my realm of possibility. Mm -hmm. I was a student athlete baseball player. My dream was to be in the MLB, you know? Yep. So for all this to happen, it's been a decade and it feels like a long time, but I feel so young. And I definitely feel like I wanna, when I say I don't wanna be defined by this chapter, that doesn't, there's nothing negative. It's more so like, man, I, you know, I don't need to go balls to the wall and go crazy and let my, my I don't want to let my life get off track living the rock star shit mm -hmm. when I know I want to like go on and do other things. All right, so let's uh, let's back up because you said hypothetically if you die tomorrow, let's assume that you don't die tomorrow. <laughs> what does the next 10 years look like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I'm not a huge plan, guys. I think it's pretty obvious. And How do you envision it? I envision, uh, man, 
I definitely want to continue. I'm going to continue making music and creating content for for a while. I, I don't know. I can't put a, a year on that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I definitely want to continue, especially on the music side, and I think especially you know on the podcast side for for some time. Um, on the other side of that, I don't really want to be like on my phone, and mm -hmm. I do I do hate that side of it. You know, and I do. I do think it's avoidable um, going forward, and I can curate a team that can kind of manage the things for me so I don't because mm -hmm. it does take up a lot of my energy even though I use it positively I, I believe you know I engage with a lot of the fans there um, but I, I do see my life being branching off I don't know when if it's within the next 10 years it's hard to say you know mm -hmm. um, you know will I be making music into my 40s I don't know you know I think it's a little it's still a little hard to say because like we have we are drifting in that country vein and i'm young in the country space mm -hmm. not that it's country music but you know what i mean yeah i'm not like rapping about money cars and clothes you know which i feel like something is tied to a younger age you know so i don't know if i go on and make music for the next 10 years i know i will for the time being in the next three four at least you know mm -hmm. but i mean i want a family and like i definitely Again, this this is subject to change, but I do want a, a normal family. Like I would, I would love that at some point. And yeah. and I I think when you have a kid, um, especially if you feel like it's the right time and you're prepared, no matter what, it's the most amazing thing. But especially if I can manage this the right way and like start a family and really be able to dedicate a lot of time to fatherhood, I feel like that's like a second life. You know? Yep. It's a whole other experience. I don't know. I want to travel the world. You know? I haven't. We have traveled a lot, but it's mainly domestic. You yep. Know? I want to go see new places. I want to see new things. And I, mm -hmm. I definitely want to start a family at some point, whether yeah. it's traditional family or not. I don't know, but I definitely want to have kids. Yeah, two things that both of my parents have said that just, like, blow my mind. From a business side, my dad said he didn't – what he ended up doing throughout his career didn't exist until he was 40. Mm-hmm. So, like, technologically, it didn't exist until yeah. he turned 40. Yeah. So, he, up until 40 years old, he had no idea what his destiny was. Right. He didn't know what his life was going to end up that, as, you know? I truly subscribe to that. That's kind of why I led the answer off like that. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's hard for me to... I, I'm not a planner. But, yeah. So, you know... We're, That's a real thing. We're not, even, we're not even close to 40. We're not that close. And, you know, it, it's just... It, it comes down to the, the you never know... Yeah. ideology and that's you, something to live by forever honestly i will yeah because there are things that will dictate where your life goes and it could happen yeah anymore. i mean who knows you go to the supermarket tomorrow and you fucking meet a girl changes everything who mm -hmm. knows you know exactly I don't, I don't know and then my mother said which i'm still not buying but i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best and be open-minded she said the biggest success in her life was having children yeah like my brother and i like she said that's a lot of a lot of mothers feel that's that way. as good as it gets for her yeah we're like we're the we're the prize yeah my sister's like that my mom's like that yeah yeah I, th I think it's more of a feminine thing you know yeah I think they give they give birth like, i know i know you know women are yeah women are i think men and women obviously both serve their purpose and but to imagine the the duty of giving life yeah the maternal instincts that there's come no about. other there's nothing higher than that so mm -hmm. you know i look to women for a lot of the inspiration and just like spirituality and being in touch with the right things the men are the breadwinners and in in modern day society that could be very distracting from like 
family and some of the main core values I think that are important, you know? Mm -hmm. Again, another thing I really hope to like just continue to balance as, because I want to make money and be successful for sure. Part of that is being the breadwinner. Mm -hmm. But I want to be a fucking present I want to be on my phone and like, oh, you know those dads who are like, yeah, uh, I'll be 20 minutes late to the board meeting. Like, I get it, you know, but I just don't want to be that, you know. So mm -hmm. I do feel like I'm right, on, right, right where I need to be. And I think that's the only really thing that matters, bro. No matter where you are in, in the journey, like whether you're a kid or you're, you know, a teenager, 20, any, any, as long as you feel like you're somewhere and you're not looking over there wishing you were there, mm -hmm. you know? That is how I feel. And I know that's not easy to achieve. So I try to take, I try to bring myself back there when I'm a little down or a little off or a little slow or unmotivated. It is a blessing to feel like, oh, you're in the, where else would you want to be, you know? Mm -hmm. What else would you want to be doing? And I, I think that's, that's a catalyst for me to, uh, that's why I'm able to stay positive way more than I ever used to be, mm -hmm. you know? And for a while, I might have been a little lost or confused or not sure if this was it, where now I kind of have that. And I, that's, that's a big part of the keep going idea, bro. Like, mm -hmm. like you said, your dad kept, you keep going and you keep your head down and you enjoy where you are. These new opportunities will present themselves. New things exist, new things come into your world, you know? But right now, it, it does feel, I, I can't think of another place I'd rather be, you know? It's been a wild, weird ride we've had. It's definitely super unorthodox. Not many people have ever lived like us, ever. Not really anyone. Yeah, and even if they were artists, they, they, they didn't do it independently and like create a little family and team and just live to get in, kind of on the outskirts of the music industry the whole time, but mm -hmm. have enough success where we've been doing it for a decade, you know? Yeah. It's an interesting thing. Do you feel alienated in any way by the lifestyle that you live and not being able to relate, or having people not being able to relate to you? Yeah. No, definitely. It's interesting. I've, I've noticed that sometimes I feel lonely, and I think that's why. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think it's like, oh, I need a girlfriend, because I know overall Just I Just anyone being able to relate. Yeah, no, I think emotionally lonely sometimes I feel, because we're living this like nomadic kind of, you know, rock star lifestyle in some ways, which is alienating. You know, think about the idea like what relatives, the word relatives. Mm -hmm. Like I go home, and my relatives can't relate to anything I've done. Yeah, your relatives can't relate. <laughs> you know, like that's an interesting thing. That's, I think it definitely gives off a slight isolation mm -hmm. to your, you know, just your being. Like I sometimes I feel a little alone, just in general. And it's crazy because I have three companions. Mm -hmm. You know, I have companions more. Well, you count Foley and people who understand everything I've been through more or less. And not to say my parents aren't super understanding and they, they relate as much as they can. But, you know, we've gone on and we've just done so much. Um, and yeah, I think that's part of the human experience. You know, I, I fight through those, those nights or those days where I'm just like, kind of feel lonely. Definitely feel alienated in some ways sometimes, but like, doesn't everyone in yeah. one way or another? You know, doesn't everyone? I, I would argue everyone does in their own way, you know? Mm -hmm. and to keep a fresh perspective on it is what's key. And I think that's why I've gone the way I've gone. You know, I purposely go out of my way to try to keep my perspective tuned in. Like, hey, yeah, it can be lonely a little bit, or yeah, you know, it's a little hard to be fucking moving around all the time and not have much stability, mm -hmm. you know? 
yeah, it's hard to try to break into the music industry and continue to scale from the outskirts. You know, it is all those things are valid points. But like, if you switch the perspective on it, I'm blessed to have the opportunity. You know, I'm blessed to have how many people can say they've rolled around with like the same dudes for and done all this crazy shit. I know. You know, like a lot of kids message me, a lot of fans, older guys now, man, look up to you guys. Like, I love that you guys stayed together. And me and my boys always talk about how crazy it would be to live like that. Of course, of course, we're grateful for it. Yeah. But you talk about our lifestyle, you know, we're, we're 30, we're all living under a roof. Mm-hmm. Yes, we work hard, but we dictate our own schedules. We wake up every day. We decide what we want to do. We want to spend 12 hours working on music or a new idea or a new business, we can do it. If we want to fucking sleep and watch TV all day, we can do it. If we want to go to the gym and have a fitness day, we can do it. If we want to you know, work out at you know, 2 in the afternoon, we can do it. No one can really relate to that. It really is. It's, it's a, when I hear that out loud, it's like, man, I have nothing. I never, it's, it's, there's so much more to be happy about versus complain about when I hear those circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is an alienation factor. But man, I can't. I would. I would really not be good at waking up. I got you know at this hour, having to be here and do this and work. You know, on the other side of that coin, I would choose the coin we're on. You know. Yeah. And it is alienating sometimes, and it, and it can be frustrating sometimes. But I think, like I said, man, it's a yin and a yang of life. We can't have all this great shit and not have like its own set of challenges that come with it. You know. Mm-hmm. And and that's. That's the best way of looking at what anyone's ever going through. That's what I try to tell everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, uh, there's pros and cons to the human experience, man. I, uh, I'm happy that I see it this way because I, for a long time I didn't and I kind of felt like I was going down the wrong side as far as my perspective, you know. Mm-hmm. Now I'm able to balance it and look at it and be grateful. Let's talk, uh, you, you were talking about core values earlier. Um, one of my favorite parts of uh, Jay Shetty's book, mm-hmm. uh, he puts it so simply, mm-hmm. just think about what your core values are. Think about how you're living out those core values every day, mm-hmm. how much attention you're paying to them, mm-hmm. and if it matches up, you know what I mean? Like say family is one of your core values, how often are you talking to your family every week True. if you're not with them? What would you say your core values are? Uh, well, I think all, overall my core, the core values is, If I had to pick one, no, there's a couple. Okay, a few. Yeah, a handful. Um, so peace and harmony, I would put as one, like mm-hmm. feeling at peace in the present and just like, you know, kind of in harmony with life and not resisting shit. Mm-hmm. Kind of the shit I preach all the time. But I feel like if I'm there, then I'm talking to my parents. I'm taking care of myself. You know, if I have things I need to do for my body, I'm doing them. I'm not. I'm not kind of losing balance or just partying. I'm, I'm checking all the boxes. That's when I feel like I'm in peace and harmony with shit. Mm-hmm. That would be a core value. I don't know if that's really a value. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. Anything can be a value, really. Yeah, being, honestly, yeah, and like being, being like legitimately a kind person. Seriously, not, not having like any bad vibes with anybody, um, any tension with anybody. When you talk to the waiter, you give her, your, your, you know, your, those, those experiences, I've worked hard to eliminate those experiences in my life where I'm like, I used to have that bone in my body where I would like perk up and chirp people and have negative tension with people if they challenge me. All that, but releasing that and being like a kind person 
pretty much almost every time and every occasion as much as I possibly can. I think that's my number. If I had to pick one, that'd be my core core value. Family, of course. Family, mm-hmm. friends. But these are all falling under peace and harmony and, and kindness, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, those are all important. I like feeling productive, you know? Um, but I don't necessarily, like, think it's about the tangible successes, you know? I think it's about the overall general successes of life, which is that balance I talk about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if those are good answers, but that's that's what comes to mind. Yeah, no, those are good answers. Those are good. Something you just said kind of reminded me of another thing. Um, now, <clears throat> with music or anything that you do, do you feel like you are enjoying the process uh, o- over enjoying the results? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about think about back in the, the closer for anyone listening, I put out if you weren't a fan. We put out the Closer album, and that was kind of... 2014, 2013 or 2014. Yeah, I think 2014. Relief was 2013, Closer 2014, was 2014. Yeah. Yep. And I remember, remember that, like, I had that kind of whole speech about, you know, happiness, happiness isn't a place. It's, what I, I forget it exactly. I was like, happiness isn't a brand new house. It's not a... It's, it's a fucking journey. I forget exactly how I said it. But mm-hmm. that was the idea of Closer is just, like, it's about the journey. You're always gonna feel closer. You're never gonna feel like, oh, I've arrived. This is it. You know? Yeah. Like, and that's so true. I don't know. My career has gone a very strange, you know, it's been a very incremental, long, you know, step by step process. But I have always just felt a little closer and closer to who I'm supposed to be and who I wanna be and mm-hmm. what I wanna achieve, you know? Yeah. And I do feel like I, I really do enjoy the, the journey a lot. I really do. Um, now, has there been many times where I'm like, why the fuck can I get that break? Or mm-hmm. why don't they hear this? Or, you know, like, why don't they see it this way? You know, there's been many times where I've wanted more of the success, the tangible success. Um, but in recent times, no, I, I mean, I've been able to dial back into the process, you know? Now, I just put out an album and it was something that we were working on for a long time. And I do feel like I'm experiencing a little of the lulls on the backside of it, but way less. Yeah, you know, way less than you'd expect. You know, you put out a project you worked so much on, and it had you know great success. But we're also like not able to tour right away. You know, there's so I'm sitting here and I'm like not sure what I've felt this little restlessness that's come, and I, I do attribute that to the come down of putting out something. You know, something you've been poured your heart into for a long time, mm-hmm. and that roller coaster of you know. The achievement, when the achievements come, we got some great accolades on this, you know? Mm-hmm. And th- those are all something I, I really wanted. And when they came, it didn't feel so special. It felt great, you know? But generally speaking, I think more often than not, I am, I am dialed into the journey a lot more than the destination. I don't even know what my destination is. I really don't. I don't know if I'm, spo- if I'm supposed to be this big, famous musician. I mean, I'm, I've already gone a lot further in that than I ever thought I would, mm-hmm. you know? to be completely honest. So I don't know what my destination is, and I think that makes it a little easier just to enjoy the now. Yeah. Well, just more so on um, trying to achieve anything, like music, for example. Um, you know, I get asked a lot, and I'm sure you get asked even more, of like, what's your advice for someone who's trying to achieve anything? You know? Mm. And that's why I brought this up, because my advice is always, especially now in today's society where everything's so... Um, overstimulated and 
every, there's so much, everything's so accessible. Mm -hmm. Everyone can get anything at a drop of a dime. And I think it's forced people to be impatient with results. Mm -hmm. And my advice is always, yeah. you know, if you should be focused on enjoying the process mm. of doing anything, it could be music, it could be, it could what, be anything, yeah. it could be whatever you're doing. As long as you enjoy the process, you're going to put a lot of time into it because yeah. you enjoy the process. When you put a lot of time into it, after a couple of years, you you're going to be an expert and, and you're not even worrying about where it's going to lead. You're just going to enjoy that you're doing it. It's facts. And then all this great stuff is going to get attracted to you. The power, mm -hmm. like the power of attraction. It's mm -hmm. going to, it's going to attract to you. Right. So instead of, instead of like being impatient for a certain result, those results are kind of coming to you yeah. over time. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's always been my advice. But what, what would be your advice for someone who's trying to achieve something? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that's a, I really think that's a great answer. Um, but when you talk about, if you think about what we talk about so much on the podcast, it's just like, yeah, go after that job. Go after that girl. Go, at, go live somewhere else if you want to. That intuitive feeling, I, I really believe, you know, it's a similar answer, but it's a different, I'm talking about the intuition. It's just like, follow your fucking intuition as much as you possibly can. Because in turn, you get cause and effect. We're both talking about the same thing, kind of. Mm -hmm. Because if your intuition guides you towards a place that's going to give you that aha moment, like, this is what I love. This is why I'm here. This is what I love, you know? Then, all of a sudden, work isn't work. And to your point, you don't need the big paycheck to come to be able to enjoy your human experience. Because when you wake up, you feel grateful that you're able to do that. You feel it's it's a win every day when you're like, oh, you know, I, I get to create or whatever whatever it may be. I get to I get to cook. I get to be a chef. You know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. um, but my my biggest my biggest advice would be really try to tune into yourself and your intuition. You know, it's a little bit more of a spiritual answer, but it really puts you in the same place as your advice. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, man, when you can find yourself in a place that feels just right, I want everyone to feel that. You know, I really do want everyone to experience that because I think it's one of the better feelings to have as a human being. It's just like, yeah, like I said, I'm right where I want to be. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be somewhere else in someone else's shoes. Mm -hmm. You know, that's an interesting, it's a really nice feeling to achieve. Um, and more than a tangible win, like a paycheck, that's an everyday paycheck. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're like, yeah, I like what I'm doing. I feel like this is right where I'm supposed to be, you know. Maybe I haven't made the big dollars yet or I haven't met my soulmate yet or whatever, but I do, I do feel like I'm right, right in flow with, with what my intuition wanted to bring me, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, was there, when you were, were you playing baseball and making music at the same time? Did yeah. they overlap? Yeah. Would you say you had that feeling when you first started making Absolutely. music? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think about it, bro. I, so, so to paint the picture, I was... In Georgetown grad school, mm -hmm. business grad school, which is challenging, mm -hmm. I'm coming off two years of not playing baseball. The last time I really pitched and didn't have an injury, I was an All-American mm -hmm. at, at Duke. So I was already coming from a place of like, oh, I'm going to be better. Like, this has sucked waiting and rehabbing, but I'm going to be better. So then I get to Georgetown. It's not true. I'm, my arm is not better. You know, I'm, I'm noticeably, like, not as good of a pitcher as I was prior to, you know, on, on the back end of the surgery. Um, I'm going to night, I'm in night classes. Um, in the mornings, I'm waking up that doing a mandatory, mandatory internship for Georgetown grad at a, at a uh, sports 
it was like a sports business academy that I would go to and do and do an internship. Is that, is that the internship where you had the uh, alert on your computer? Yeah. Yeah, tell us about that real quick. Yeah. So to this day, I still get them. I still get them. On, uh, they're on, what are they, on Sunday nights? Because on Monday morning, I had to turn in basically a blog of the work I did at my internship. And I hated the internship, and I hated the blogs. And I just remember thinking, like, how the fuck did I get here? Like, I was an All-American. Uh, you know, my whole life I had this dream, and I was very close, and then I got injured. And, you know, two years later, I'm in Washington, D.C. at Georgetown with all new people. I'm doing shit I really don't want to do, and I can't really pitch the same. It was a low point. I didn't share that with my family or anyone, but it was pretty... For a very happy kid, I was like the first time I was like, ooh, maybe it's like this isn't working out the way I thought it was, you know? I thought I was gonna be a big leaguer and like so back to the the story as far as I would I would have a reminder on every Sunday night to turn in my blog because it needed to be turned in before midnight. And to this day I still get those on Sunday nights. It reminds me of like how far I've come and you know. I remember back then, that was essentially when I started making music right around then. So to bring it all back, I'm, I'm doing that internship. I'm in Georgetown grad night classes. I'm you know working out, I'm rehabbing my arm, which is not going great. So I'm, I'm really focused on rehabbing my arm and I'm going to practices and I'm doing you know schoolwork too. A lot of schoolwork for the, for, the, for the grad program was tough. And this is the time I started making music in my room. You know, like when I really started taking it, you know. What made you want to start making it? Well, I made a little bit in du at Duke with Marcus a little bit. And then, man, I, my intuition, I was just drawn to it. I don't know why. I don't know why. I was drawn to it. I initially got drawn to it with the, you know, I kind of had a, a new abundance of free time as I was injured. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I got into it. But ironically, like, I didn't have any time at Georgetown when the Mike Stud thing really started to take off. But I, was, bro, I would go back after games, I'd, be, I'd work on music from fucking midnight to 4 a.m. and then wake up at 8 a.m. and go to, clap, go to the internship, you know, and then have a full day of, you know, rehab, class, and, and baseball. So not, I had no real reason to do it outside of, like, I was drawn to it, you know? Something inside me was, was calling me to it. I don't know. I, I wish I could feel it exactly how it felt because it's, it's a long time ago. But yeah, man, I, I just started doing it and no one understood it and everyone kind of laughed at it. I thought it was silly. Now, were you just making music for the pure joy of making music or were you actually thinking about putting it out? Yeah, I mean, for the beginning phases, I absolutely was just doing it for the joy um, and just because I felt inclined to. And again, I had some free time that I needed to kill. Um, and for whatever reason, pretty quickly, as soon as I released like one or two songs, partially because, you know, the fucking first one really worked. College Humor was the first one I put out. Um, it, uh, you know, automatically, for whatever reason in my head, I was just like, oh, I could do this, you know? And it was, it was silly and outlandish to think that, mm -hmm. but I didn't know that. And like they talk about the ignorance, you know, is bliss. I didn't know how hard it was or how long of a climb it was to make music and become successful in that space. I'm, you know, I just never thought of it and thought I could do it. 
And for most people around me, they're like, yeah, all right. Like, you know, I always got that vibe from my teammates and my parents didn't know what to expect, but they always believed in me, you know. Let's talk about College Humor for a second. I bet you a lot of listeners don't even know this song because it's, I mean, it was the first one, really. Um, you, all right, let's, you made the song. What was the thought process beyond that? Because obviously a video was made and then you put it all out. Yeah. When you were making that and when you finished it, what was the thought process of you actually like putting this into an actual release? Yeah, I think at that point I was just putting music on like a, a web, little cheap website my buddy made. Mm -hmm. It was like mikestudmusic.com, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then Patty Quinn, who's still in the picture and helped on the documentary recently, mm -hmm. lifelong, you know, since been a contributor from the very beginning, you know. And he hit me up. He's like, dude, you're fucking good at music. I like this. Like, I'll, I'll come to you. Like, let's shoot a video for that. And I was just like, all right, dope, you know. So you put the song on this website that you made. Patty heard it, and he said you should make a video. And he only heard it because he's I'm from the same town. Right. You know, so, like, he knew me. Mm -hmm. And like some somewhere caught wind of it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we're talking hundreds of listens on these songs. Like, yeah. You know, I was just put it like I was just kind of. It was not like, hey man, you know, my music career starts now. It wasn't that, you know. Mm -hmm. But it took a little lucky breaks from the universe, like having a Patty Quinn say, hey, "I'll come shoot that for you for free." Because mm -hmm. if it cost me any money, I had nothing. Yeah. You know, and then enter John Kilmer, same scenario. You came in like I didn't have money to shoot videos. But the, fir the first one is interesting, though, because that's yeah. like the first little push, you know? Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't look at it like a career starter. Oh, no, of course. But, but what I'm saying is once it was out, that reception that it got, I'm sure, fueled you in a way. Yeah, to keep it, it awoke something in me that I think needed to be awakened again. Mm -hmm. I was kind of a dog in baseball. Like I was, I was really always the best. You know, and then even when I went to Duke, I wasn't supposed to be it, but I was. Mm -hmm. And I always had this like, I don't know, I just kind of had that, had that thing in me where I just, I could, I could always get it done, you know. And then like, I was out for two years, and I felt like shit was passing me by, you know, like mm -hmm. my buddies who I'm, I, you know, I felt like I was better than or, or at the same level going on to get drafted. And I'm like, in my dorm room at Duke, like, trying not to cry. But I'm also happy for them, you know, like I want them to, to achieve their dreams. But I'm, mm -hmm. I had this whole phase where I felt like I was just kind of like left behind in a, in a lull, you know, two years of not playing. And I didn't, that was really my whole purpose at that point in my head Yeah, was to be a pro baseball player. Mm -hmm. And I think it awoke, woke that beast in me again to like, yeah, like be a, be a dog, you know, just fucking do it. Yeah. And, and I started getting attention on campus a little bit. You know, at that point, it was so small. I didn't didn't mean a whole ton, but it did. It did wake something up in me, and I think that intuition wheel kept churning. Like, hey, yeah, keep going this way. Like, put out another song. Put out another song. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. There, I can't put my finger on a day or a time where I was like, that's when I knew. Mm -hmm. Just kind of this general feeling swept over me pretty quickly that I could do it. I know, and I, I knew I knew you were that type of person because, I mean, you're you're not. You were never originally a musical person. No. You didn't even know it was inside you. No. And like you said, you kind of had that like thing inside you where you, know, you were a dog in baseball because you were just going to do it. And then when you started doing music, I mean, I'm sure you didn't think you were the best in the beginning, you know? You're probably like, I'm just fucking around. Yeah. And I'm sure you couldn't really sing. You didn't really know how the, the, uh, the software worked to record the no music. Idea. 
Uh, I mean, writing, you were kind of always good in the, from the beginning, really. Yeah. You know, like it's a different style of music then, but yes. Lyrically, yeah. Yeah. But so much of like the musical side of things you learned along the way. Yeah. And I think it's because of that thing that was inside you that just kind of like forces you to, to yes. do it, you know? Yes. This is like that don't whether, try. Whether it's like the winning instinct or whatever yeah. it is inside you that you had from sports, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. The don't try idea really dates back that far. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, just do it. Dude, I had no fucking idea what I was doing. Like, just to put it in perspective, my career got started on GarageBand on a $90 mic, recording myself, didn't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Just figured it out, mixed it myself right there on GarageBand, put it out. You know, shot a video for my buddy's camera, which was, you know, a fucking whatever it was, a 5D yeah. or something. But my point is, if you got that real fucking itch inside you, just go fucking do it. Don't like, oh, let me try to learn. Just fucking do it, you know? That's that's rare, though, because, I mean, especially in music, a lot of it is, like, God-given talent Yeah. that a lot of people have. I just, like, muscled it. They're like, and, and dude, you muscled it all along the way for 10 years. Mm. You Think about the beginning of where you, were, you, where you were at. Think about right now. You learn Pro Tools. Your voice is 10 times better. Yeah. You can sing way better. Lyrically, you're better. Like, all of it's just better because you fucking muscled it all the, the way keep through. Keep going story. You, I mean, are you proud of yourself for that? Yeah, I am. I am. Sometimes I, I think about it and I'm like, you know, it's interesting how this has played out. And it's also an interesting thing kind of just making music the way I do. I'm like in my room alone most of the time, you know? It's a very personal experience. And sometimes you feel alone there and you're like, you know, oh, I wish I could sing better. I wish, but like, I kind of put all that to rest and, and just started being myself on the mic. And I think that's why the music got better and started feeling so natural to me. Um, as far as being proud, yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 I actually like the journaling aspect a lot and all that stuff, the reflection side, because I, I don't naturally reflect well on things. Like it's, I'm, I'm not like, you know, I wasn't really even very emotional person. Now I'm a lot more emotional, but tuning in with your emotions and giving yourself praise and being nice to yourself, that's a new concept, you know? I was always kind of this ego and like knew I could do shit, but never once did I really look back and reflect and be like, man, that's pretty special, you know? Mm -hmm. It's a special time in my life type thing. And I've had that realization multiple times in the last few years. And I try to remind myself actually more, you know, because I am wired to be my harshest critic. And I think everyone is. Mm -hmm. I think you are to yourself. You know, I think most people who have, are living in this current society, you know, you kind of always check. You're having, if you're not having that internal dialogue, that's like, am I making the most of my potential? You know, if you're not having that, I think that's very, very rare, you know? And I almost think it's a good thing to have that dialogue. You know, and the same on the same side of that coin, like, do you do you praise yourself and do you pat yourself on the back when it's when it's necessary? Mm -hmm. I I really wasn't one of those guys, you know, and it's been nice to do that to myself. I, it does help me through and and help me stay positive and and help me stay grateful, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm I'm overall I'm very proud. I'm very proud of what we've done. I feel like it's been a group effort. Um, I'm proud of the fan base we've cultivated, and I'm proud of the impact. I feel like we're making a great impact. Mm -hmm. Albeit, you know, I think it's even close to the millions as far as like, you know, multi-millions of people listen to the music, so you could argue I'm impacting all the listeners. But on a more core level, just like people who listen to this podcast, people who follow us on social media, 
I think I think we're making a good impact, and I'm proud of that. Mm. You know, I'm proud of who we're becoming and what our path is. I'm definitely proud of myself. I don't really say it to myself much, but to figure out the music the way I have, like even to this day, I'm not musically trained, kind of self-taught in it all. I just go off this thing in my, I just go off this idea in my head. I don't know what keys I'm singing. I don't know, you know, I, I really don't. Like it's just inside of me. I get up on a microphone and just, you know, let it out. So that is really cool that we've, I've been able to manage it and actually actualize it into real music that can be transcended and help people, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's dope. Yeah, I definitely think it's been a really cool, eye-opening experience. Hey, you started uh, recording in your bedroom on GarageBand. Then you made your way up to start working in these, like, grand studios. Yeah. And now you're back in your bedroom again, kind of doing it like you were in the beginning. Nice. Do you kind of feel like a little nostalgic vibe that mm -hmm. you're kind of doing it how you started? I've thought about, I've actually thought about that recently. I think there's, I wouldn't even say it's nostalgic. I just. Does it bring back that little spark? Yeah, it's, there's a spark there, but it's like, it's always, it's always how you initially, like, it feels like this one big cycle where you like you go on this journey. You're like, oh, that's important. Let me get over there. That's important. Let me get over there. And you come right back to where you started. It's the story of the alchemist. The alchemist, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why, I mean, dude, when yeah. I read the alchemist, I like cried. I like literally <laughs> tears like I had tears because I was like this is how I feel he's just supposed to be a shepherd with a sheep on his <laughs> yeah I mean the story you know he had to go all these places and see the whole world and that's how I feel like I, what I've done yeah just got on this magic school bus and like rode around and talked to all these hundreds of thousands of people and shared spaces and you know house jumped and done all this crazy shit we've done only to come back and just end by myself <laughs> in the room again. Yeah. You know, the house has got bigger, but it's the same guys and I'm in the same room and there's something really fucking nice about that and endearing about it. And it's, it definitely tells a story to me. I think, I think when I talk about intuition so much, that's why. It's just like the shit that feels right to you that you just do, mm -hmm. that's how it's supposed to be, you know? You got, I got the, I, I'm looking around at the culture. I'm like, ooh, I want to be in that nice studio. I want to live in L.A. Mm -hmm. I want to be at those houses and do that and be in the studio with the number one artist. And I went and did all that shit, you know, and just to go back here and make my best music in my fucking room. And something really symbolic about that, for sure. Uh, the, the same thing hit me uh, probably about a year ago. I stumbled a, uh, a picture of myself when I was 16 years old. And... I was, I mean, I played sports and stuff, but I mean, after all that was over, the school, the sports, I came home, I locked myself in my room and I had this like, you know, this was a long time ago. Computers weren't what they are now. I didn't mm -hmm. have, there was no recording software that I yeah. knew of that was accessible to me at 16 years old. And I'm just like figuring out ways with my like $200 guitar and my shitty little keyboard to, to like somehow make music, yeah. you know, and songs and stuff like that. And there's a picture of me. 16 years old where I, like, I have all like my, my music stuff and uh, someone must have taken a picture of me and I stumbled across it and I, I, I was almost starting to tear up because it's like it's crazy. the full circle, you know, mm -hmm. like I, you know, I'm still in my room making music too, Yeah, you know, half like a whole nother lifetime later. Yeah. So. Uh, it's crazy, man. Yeah, I definitely know where you're coming from and it's. Uh, <laughs> it's a nice. It's crazy. It's a nice realization. I mean, if you keep your eyes open, I feel like and your heart open. And your mind open, you know, life life gives you, it's just the best teacher. 
it's where all the wisdom I feel like it's all the people I study and like I feel like I've fell into some to some of that wisdom just by experiencing all this weird stuff that we've done you know mm-hmm. that experiential wisdom and that all that is is just living life like if you really go and live your life and go go live it you're gonna get a fucking lot of lessons you know you're gonna get a lot of truths universal truths I think what's important though is to to keep your eyes open for those truths absolutely a lot of people have your heart tun- your eyes a lot of people have tunnel vision and they're not recognizing all these clues that life's giving them. totally you have to you have to keep your eyes open absolutely because I see one picture and it changes my whole fucking outlook on shit, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think, but dude, I think that's, if you've, I mean, look, this isn't, these aren't sexy conversations, you know? Like, we could be talking about all the girls we fucked or all the, all the shit we did this last week, which, you know, some ratchet, some wild shit went on, right? <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, for whatever reason, this is part of the journey that, you know, just, just sharing, sharing the truths with people, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a fucking that's a dope thing to do, you know? That's, I know I, I felt that watching some podcasts and some Joe Rogan stuff, and I was like, this is a dope way of making content, like making, having conversations that can maybe change someone's life for real, not like, oh, I did this and I did that and I made this money. Like actually just like put people on the right path, on, on, you know, on a eyes open perspective versus kind of in that tunnel vision. And I think I think that's a worthy mission that, that I've just kind of fell into. I like doing it. I like I like feeling like people I can help people in that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And music does that for sure. But I think having discussions about shit like this, they really they go a long way, you know. I know the messages I get and shit, and this is a great platform to speak to those because I think a lot of them are listeners. But I mean, I get the most the most passionate messages I get are from kind of us thanking us or me for opening their eyes to like looking at life differently. That's a dope gift to give someone. I agree, I agree. And I think that's a worthy thing to continue to try to pursue, you know? And again, this doesn't feel like work. We sit down and talk. I'll tell you right now, if if this aspect, if if there wasn't that aspect of this job, I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. The podcast, I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't put the time in. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Like just for those listening, I mean, it's me and John in a room. (laughs) <laughs> John's running the audio, the video. He's probably wrote down a bunch of what what do you got in your what what have you been drawing there? I drew you a picture. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know, like it's a it's really and then John goes and edits it, you know, and there's a lot of work done. And it's all um, I love boobs. It's very John Kilmer. We're having a heart to heart and he's drawing boobs. I spent the last hour making this for you. It's nice. Yeah. I like that. I'll take that. You inspired me to you, make this. You gotta autograph it. <laughs> That's it should be an NFT. There you go. But yeah, I mean, dude, we, we put a lot of, we're spread very thin. We put a lot, a lot of work or time into this. But like you said, man, it's a, I keep using the word a worthy. It's a worthy, it's, our time is worthy of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Why not? We have this, this opportunity and we're drawn to it. So let's have these conversations, you know? And I think doing this, I don't know how long we're, we've been gone for a bit now. But, a little over an hour, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it can continue or we can... But my point is, like, anything, any, in any way we can serve people, you talk about core values earlier and shit, dog, that's, that's a great core value to try, to try to help people. You know, some people might be like, dude, just shut up and make music. Or, like, <laughs> you know, there's always those. But, dude, look, I'm, I get it. But I'm not coming from a place of preaching. We just had a weird life, and I've gone through 
a lot, you know, a lot of things. And uh, to come out on the other side of like the rock and roll lifestyle and be talking about this, what does that say to young men, you know, listening or men listening? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not about that, you know? It's not about that because that's, we've, we've done all that, you know? And to come back and put the emphasis on this kind of stuff, I think says a lot, you mm -hmm. know? Yep. Well, uh, yeah, that's all I have. Anything else you want to add? Um, no, but along these lines, I was just talking about it online today. Along these lines, I'm working on a journal. Um, right. It's either going to be keep going, you know, and have the highs, the lows, the in-betweens, do that, or a, maybe, maybe we'll have, maybe it'll be two journals, maybe it'll be one, but, or a say thanks journal, which is gratitude. I have that tattoo, the say thanks, and, um, this is something we're going to be putting out soon. So like any of this stuff we talk about where the self-reflection, I get a lot of messages like, dude, I don't know where to start on meditation. Don't really know how to journal. Like I get a lot of those questions. I'm going to make this so it's like kind of a, our version of like a step-by-step, -step, you know, guided journey to like getting in, in tune with yourself, getting in tune with your emotions and thinking about the right things as a man, you know, um, if you feel like you need it, you know, but I, we're going to continue to push down this path. I think we should do this again. I mean, mm -hmm. we didn't, it wasn't really even an interview. It kind of was. Yeah. We're just chopping it up. But yeah, man. Um, and sending us messages, letting us know what's helpful to y'all and what y'all want to hear. That's great. We're starting with guests, but we're in, we're, we left LA, so it's not as easy. We do have a bunch of athletes coming into Arizona. We're going to be here for the next two months at least. So mm -hmm. we'll get some guests in for sure. And uh, we'll keep rocking. Keep spreading the Steve gospel. That's all we can ask. Keep spreading the highs. I mean, we have tour dates that we'll be able to discuss shortly, but they won't be, you know, they're, they're, we're a little bit of a ways away before we're actually on road. Mm -hmm. um, so to keep spreading the music is a huge gift to me and to us. So please do that. Man, well, I'm fired up. Do you think we should take a little ceremonial swig of some tequila? <laughs> some tequila, yeah. Why not? Want to do it? Let me see. It's a great way to end it. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's not tequila, that's water. <laughs> you know I don't you know I don't partake in any fake uh fake liquor chugs. I was like, Kilmer, what vibe are you on right now? <laughs> for like a split second, I just wanted you to think I was a total piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. You had me there for a second. It's like a Monday night. This guy just got back from fucking getting ready to go to bed. Oh man. I only did it because Dwayne Johnson did it. Hey, but you can attest, <laughs> for the fans who have been following for a long time, you know the Ciroc chugs. I did it every night. Every single night I chug vodka. It was about that amount, maybe, I don't know, in that ballpark at least. Yeah. In that ballpark, hammered it every night. Was never a fake. Didn't fake it once. I couldn't. I couldn't fake it. It was against my morals. It was not great for my body. <laughs> maybe I'm living through some of the repercussions, but. Tell you what, we can end on this. Of all the videos I archived on my Instagram, the ones I didn't archive were the ones where we slammed the whole fucking bottle of Ciroc on stage in front yeah. of fans. Yeah. And there'd be ones where there were like five of us and we'd drink it and we'd house an entire bottle during one song. I mean, dude, think about it. Just think about it. <laughs> Everyone close your eyes at home. <laughs> think about if you're a fucking 16 year old you, like kid, right? And you're like, dude, in five years from now, you're gonna be you're gonna be in Minnesota in front of a thousand people. All these girls are gonna have their titties out. 
And everyone, the crowd's going to erupt every time you and your buddies chug a beer. <laughs> I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about, man? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And that, that shit happened, you know? Yeah. And, you know, for whatever reason, you know, we, we like, yeah, we're never like rock star level of fame or notoriety, but in those moments, we couldn't have been any more rock star, at least to our fans in those, you know, we're in 500 person venues, mm -hmm. but it's fucking hysteria. And, you know, people are going nuts when you're throwing some beer on them. And, and it's just like, dude, what is this? What, what, what reality are we living in? Mm -hmm. And we experienced that. And then, you know, to experience that and not lose our heads in it is, is, an, is an achievement in itself. But it's, it's a funny thing to reflect on the past. A beautiful side of this, I mean, we have so much content from all these years. Mm -hmm. You know, thanks to you and whoever's been around, Foley and Versace even. But just think about Instagram story archives and shit. Like, we'll have so much to reflect on. Um, and those old Torrens. Torrens Born has been taken off the internet for obvious reasons it was very racy <laughs> not it was a different time um but you know having all that to you know in 20 years i see us meeting up and going through this footage and just laughing our ass off because you know it was just a crazy ride and i think we have a lot more ahead of us you know this is definitely the most popular we, i've been as an artist as a musician even though we you know rebranded just when did we rebrand uh, over a year ago almost two years ago. almost right? two years ago yeah, for that, I mean, for that to be the truth, you know, is a really cool thing. But I think I think we're at our highest level of notoriety, and I think the touring will go will go bananas for a while. Who knows when it ends? I don't know. You never know. You never know. But it's been a great ride. Can't thank the fans enough, man. You know, really can't. And I, that's why we'll continue to try to be our best and give you all as much bang for the buck as we possibly can. You know, we do put a lot of work in. These the guys you see in front of us, even you know Versace and Blue in his own way, and Foley for sure. You know everyone, everyone lives and breathes this. You know pretty much, and I hope it feels like that. I think the fans get that. You know, mm -hmm. but we appreciate it, and we'll continue to provide the best way we possibly can. Amen. Amen, buddy. All right. Cheers. I'm going to bed <laughs> <laughs> after your tequila swig. <laughs> uh,